You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, presented by Walmart. This just in, her right-wing political commentator, podcaster, and executive editor of the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, is an idiot. News at 11. Hello, you girls, boys, and non-binaries out there. My name is Ron Dawson, and I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Why am I mad, you ask? Because the aforementioned Ben Shapiro, who has millions of followers, recently trashed a trailer for the Showtime documentary series, Everything's Gonna Be All White. One of the definitions of American whiteness is ignorance. White people, we are not your problem. You are. The relatively new Showtime series was directed by Sasha Jenkins. The man behind other cultural touchstone documentaries as Bitchin', The Sound and Fury of Rick James, and Wu-Tang Clan of Mikes and Men. This new three-part series takes a close, hard look at racial injustice and imbalance in America, specifically from the point of view of people of color. It's a creatively crafted and often hard-hitting documentary series whose critique and criticism of race relations in this country hits both the right and the left. Starting with the commentary in the first episode of the infamous January 6th attack on the Capitol by 2,000 plus right-wing conservative white people, to part three's coverage of the controversy of colorism and Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. The documentary series has no bones about calling out racist structures wherever they lie. And I, for one, thought it was great. Ben Shapiro, though, not so much. There is a, a trailer for a new series on Showtime that I think is pretty indicative of, of leftist Hollywood. This trailer is for a three-part docu-series titled Everything's Gonna Be All White. Ahahaha, <laughs> you see, because it's like a pun, because it's white instead of right. I watched Ben's full 12-minute trailer reaction, and suffice to say, it's chock full of mischaracterizations about what the series is really about. Mainly because the man had not seen the show. But of course, he commented on the series as a whole based strictly on this trailer. Not once did he encourage his millions of subscribers to take into account that he hasn't actually watched the damn thing. Yet, here he was, casting judgment on it. I had seen the series, and so after watching the trailer, I was so pissed off, I just had to make a reaction video to Ben's reaction video. Here's an excerpt from the beginning of my video. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, those of you who listen to the podcast know that Probably know about my journey as a black man reconnecting with my blackness and i have this history of having been on both sides of the political spectrum in terms of where my personal particular ideologies were and i now definitely more towards you know the left although i think of myself as someone who's fairly reasoned and reasonable and my passion isn't really left or right as it is justice and doing just what is right and what is compassionate and uh I always tried to listen to both sides of debates and arguments, and I actually used to listen to Ben Shapiro's podcast because of all the right-wing influencers that were out there, his was the only one that I could even stomach. And having been someone who um, whose faith has been important to me for a number of years, currently I'm in sort of like a deconstruction phase about that but for the most part for the longest time faith has been something important to me and a lot of uh, you could say of my my current points of view kind of stem from 
the better part of the Christian faith that I've had. And one of the reasons why I used to stomach Ben was because he is a devout um, Jewish man and, uh, you know, he wears his yarmulke every day. And he was someone who I used to think, even though he had political beliefs that were that were different than mine, I feel like he was someone who really tried to at least share his point of view as a they align with his Jewish faith. And, and I just got to say, that's not something that I've really been seeing from him in the past few years. He's really leaned into the political right, basically, you know, kowtowing to his audience and doing things that he knows are good for his audience, which I would bet are largely right-wing evangelicals as opposed to conservative Jews. Since Ben's reaction video was only about 12 minutes, I went into this engagement thinking my video would maybe be twice as long or perhaps 30 minutes tops. I went on for just over 58 minutes. Dear Lord. I have to be honest with you, I had no business letting this shit get to me as much as I did. As a fan of the series, I hopped on over to Rotten Tomatoes when a commenter of my video said how low the audience rating was. And he was right. It was at 4%. But then I looked at their audience ratings and the dates. There were a few dozen one-star ratings, all within a few days after Ben's review. Hmm, I wonder where all those came from. Very suspicious, don't you think? And they said things like, quote, racist and bigoted ideas being spread throughout Showtime. The series is filled with prejudice, hate, and stereotypes. Wow, this was so horrible to watch. Just pure hatred and a narcissistic display of the worst aspects of the human psyche. This was nothing but adults coming off as bratty, angry children. Racism is evil and can only create more racism. Racism is taught, not born with. This show is pure racism and does nothing except fan the flames of racism. It is not good, edifying, or creative. It is only racist. I love it how when angry white people hear people of color complain about racism that they call it racism just because you mention the fact that they're white and they are participating in a racist structure anyway all of these one star reviews say shit like this now if you actually watch the show you would know that these reviews are lies at worst misguided at best and I bet you a million dollars most of them are Shapiro fans purposefully driving down the audience score of the show. I mean, come on. Anyone who's intellectually honest, if they'd seen this show, it doesn't necessarily mean you would like it or give it four or five stars. But come on, one star, please. Now, as of this writing, my review of the show is the only one that seems intellectually honest. I gave it four out of five stars. And I gave my theory about all the one star reviews and I wrote this. The series interviews a wide range of people from education, entertainment, politics, and activism. It interviews Asians, black people, Latinx, and indigenous people. It provides specific facts and figures on all the points it brings up. Not one of these one-star reviews addresses any specific aspect of the series. No one who is intellectually honest can watch this series and give it a one-star review based on the BS these Ben Shapiro fans are writing. 
I just realized that BS and Ben Shapiro are the same initials. I didn't write that, but as I'm reading the script, I read that. I thought that was funny. Anyway, unquote. If I'm honest, this reaction I was having seems wholly irrational. You would think it was my documentary series they were trashing. And apparently, my hour-long reaction video wasn't enough. I had to rope JD and Yolanda into the mix. So I called an emergency podcast recording session for the three of us to go over this. But I haven't even heard the Ben Shapiro thing. You I'm know, just going to play I, it for you guys. Yeah, I think he's a nitwit, but I like to hear people talk. Hmm. I like to know where everybody's coming from and what they got to say. If you, know, if you believe in your conviction, you should be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with somebody who's talking nonsense. Now, I won't share the entire recording session we had as it was damn near twice as long as my original session, which given that JD and I were involved, that only makes sense. So I'll share some of the highlights. If you're so inclined, you can watch the full video length of each of the videos on the blog post for this episode, the link to which will be in the show notes. It is worth watching if I do say so myself. Anyway, here are some of the highlights from our conversation. Whoa, let me back up for a minute. Most people aren't going to go to the links that you would normally go to to kind of become educated. And so what happens is you have someone like a Dave or Ben Shapiro who have large audiences. Or Joe Rogan. Or Joe Rogan, perfect example, who will stop at whoever it is, who will stop there and not take the extra time to actually get Edumacated about yeah. shit. Yeah. About the topic. It's because Hollywood is completely dominated by the wild left. If you look at the Oscar nominations, you can tell this, by the way. The Oscar nominations came out yesterday. They include The Power of the Dog, which is running away with all the awards. The reason is because it's about gay cowboys, of course. Your thoughts on, on that opening? I'm not surprised. It, that's what I think why I laughed about the cowboy thing, the gay cowboy thing. So I'm oh, of course, right wing person. Oh, it's gay cowboy. You know, it's like you know, ooh, burn. He talks about gay cowboys, and you know, the problem with these conversations is they tragically lack context. This man is uneducated about the topic to which he's talking about. So it's like. He's pretty ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's hard for me to get exercised about it because I'm like, clearly he doesn't, he doesn't have the context he needs to be talking about what he's talking about. So like, I can't, it's like speaking, it's like getting mad at a child. <laughs> right. It says warning, this trailer may trigger white people. Most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. <laughs> Can you pause it for a second? Okay, so first of all. I, I hate when white people tend. Okay, Jesse Smollett, anyone? Like anytime in here? You know, it turns out people in a victim culture like pretending they're victims all the time. But the assumption is that if a white person says they're a victim, they must be pretending because America is inherently evil and filled with evil white people who pretended victimization. Play with the rest, the rest of what this lady has to say is even crazier. What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. <laughs> it's, it's when they kill us. Um, so uh, just on a proportional level, the vast, vast, vast majority of crime. Violent crime is intra-racial, meaning white people tend to commit violent crime against white people. Black people tend to commit violent crime against black people. Again, the idea is that if your group was, un was uniquely victimized in America, this can now be blamed on the entire white 
group of, of humans in America. I mean, it's just racism. It's just racism straight up. What were your thoughts on his comments about white people being victims? Amanda Seals joked about you know, white people crying and him saying it's okay for white people. That's to that's my point. Yeah. It's, it's it's lacking in context. He you know and here's my other thing, like people on both sides of the argument, of lots of arguments, manipulate numbers to try and basically support and uphold their own argument. But you have to have some you have to present those things in an objective manner and this is not objective he's clearly not an objective person mm-hmm. amanda seals you know the she has a um very specific uh point of view mm-hmm. of everything that she has to say she's very invested in black people and the plight of black people I saw a recent post from her on Instagram where she was commenting about people saying, you always talk about race. You always talk about race. And she spoke to that. And part of her um, response to that was the fact that her education was like part, one of her degrees was in like, I'm not sure exactly sure exactly what it was, but it, pertain to race like one of her college degrees pertain to race it was african-american studies thank you so she's like yeah i talk about race that's what i do if i wasn't if i were not talking about race in this circumstance then what the hell am i doing Mm -hmm. contextually if she's doing a show or involved in a show or on something I think it's a valid thing to know that about her and know that that's the perspective that she's coming from. Yeah. It doesn't invalidate what she has to say, but it also is valid context to what she's having to say and and how you interpret the ideas and thoughts and facts and all the things that she's presenting. Just like we should be aware of the perspective of Ben Shapiro when he tells us stuff that he comes up with. What do you think she was referring to when she said, when they kill us? There are so many systemic things that end up having a direct impact on our lives to the point of us being killed mm-hmm. beyond just being killed by police officers or men who run us down while we're trying to jog and get exercise. Mm-hmm. Lead in pipes. I mean, there's all, oh, yeah, yeah, lead in pipes in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. There's lots of ways that we are being killed. We are being killed. Yeah. And Lack of health care, uh, Tuskegee. Yeah, I, I actually I mean. just re- I tweeted something a few days ago that black women are something like now, like three times more likely to die from childbirth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, may, it might even be more than that. It, I, it might be more than three times. Of dying from childbirth. Right. You know, Serena Williams almost died from having her child. She's, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. He's like painting the picture that they're, that she's talking about white people just going around shooting. Yes, exactly. Shooting. That's what I'm saying. The, it Contextually, it's off. Like, yeah. his point doesn't work. But 
you know, that, that has nothing to do with Yolanda T. Cochran. Fuck you, Ben Shapiro. I don't care what. I, I don't have time for you and your ignorance. I was host at one time. But then these voices started talking in my mind. So my initial plans for this episode was to have a quick intro and outro, then have the meat of it predominantly be this discussion with JD and Yolanda. But then I had a change of heart, uh, a revelation, if you will. The original title was going to be something like Ben Shapiro is an idiot or fearing the wrath of his fans based on that title. I would probably call it everything's going to be a fight. Kind of like, you know, everything's going to be all white. Everything's going to be anyway. But it took a turn. When we come back from the break, we'll hear one last important segment from my conversation with my co-hosts, and I'll do what I've learned to do so well on the show. Bear my whole soul for the world to hear. Don't go away. I've been lonesome for some time Because his voice has started acting quite unkind as J.D., Yolanda, and I ramped up our conversation about Ben Shapiro's review, we ended with this. When I watched the trailer, there was a little bit of it that felt to me like I was watching Def Comedy Jam when the comics said, you know how white people are, white people, da, 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 da. Right. you know, it's right. like, there was a bit of that, like, okay, which, to your point, Yolanda, you know, you could put a sprinkle a little bit in there, but it would have been interesting to me to learn, like, you know, like you talked about the Lakota man. Or, you know, and give a little bit more nuance instead of the sound bites, you know, where a man is just, ah, you know, goofing, but, you know, whatever, and, and you know, right. making jokes and cracking jokes. Like, it felt almost like we're going to have a whole bunch of comedians, almost. It felt like 90% comedians cracking on white people. You know how mm-hmm. white people do when they go to Walmart, you know, it just felt like someone's going to be like that. I'm like, it, but from what you're describing, it sounds like it's totally different. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, Ibrahim X. Kinney's in there, Jamel Hill's <coughs> in there, that Lakota man I talked about. Right, the uh, woman who he said was, you know, when she's pointing out, you know, the the ignorant, you know, people being ignorant. That woman, yeah. He's, I'm sure she looked very scholarly. I haven't seen it, but I would bet she that she has a, a very good, she compelling. At a, yeah, at an Ivy League school. Right. Yeah. And she'd probably have a very compelling, very compelling information to share. to add and mm-hmm. share to the conversation. But with Ben, it's like he just, oh, she said they're ignorant, so now all white people are ignorant. You know, that's his argument. Oh, all, who, no one said every single white person on the planet is ignorant. But the, but it's some ignorant motherfuckers that ran up on the Capitol. And if they <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they're... And guess what? There's it, a lot of ignorant black people. Yeah, there's a lot We're of ignorant all people. ignorant because yes. we've been... We've been socialized to be... It's deliberately to make us ignorant. Right. Yeah. We're all ignorant. I'm, I'm, I'm getting appalled at how ignorant I am yeah. mm-hmm. by how many things I keep learning about that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Every Black History Month. Oh, my God. Really? What? I am ignorant. We're ignorant. People are yeah. ignorant by design. It's part of it. And ignorant doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant means unaware of facts exactly. and information. Exactly. So, you no, know, totally. there's that. You know, and it's like so for him to take offense, then is he saying he that white people are all knowing? Context. He doesn't even know what yeah. he's talking about. What does ignorant mean, Ben? Right, right. If she's saying they're ignorant, it's like they're ignorant of the of, of the information. As he's right. saying that all, hey, how dare her? How dare she say that all white people are too, ignorant? The other thing too is like, you We're know, like when you know we recently did the most recent Dungeons and Dragons episode, and mm-hmm. 
and I, you know, talked a little bit about the phrasing of white supremacy. And like, you know, he, he mentions it a couple times. It's like when he mentions it, I feel like, you know what? He hasn't actually looked up as had I not until I took the occasion to do it. What is the definition of white supremacy? Because when you look, when you actually look at what that definition is, there's a lot of freaking white supremacy going on. And the point mm -hmm. that he was making at the time when he brought it up was a prime example of white supremacy. Well, I think for people like him and a lot of other white people, when they hear white supremacy, they think white hoods. Yeah, exactly. A lynch mob exactly. burns, right. yeah, crosses right. burning on front yard. That's, right. That's it. And if you're not That's doing what, that, you're cool. And you know why? Other than that, everything's great. You gravy. know why? Because they are ignorant yes. of what white supremacy actually means. Yep. It's a lot of it's on the agenda, you know, mm -hmm. where he, and he's what he did right there. You, you know, the trailer couched the argument in a certain way, but it's a trailer. Right. The, he's, he got to speak a lot more than what the trailer did. You know, he spoke for 12 minutes on a two-minute trailer, so it's already a lopsided argument. Right. But he has an agenda, and he's framing it a certain way. And so people, I would just come away with the, you know, saying, let's, let's not let him set up the foundation of the agenda of what, how we should be talking. There's a lot of down-ass white people. Sure and people is. that are, you know, allies mm -hmm. in the struggle. If everybody was like Pauline Robertson, who's my mother... You know, yeah. white woman, we would have the world would be incredible. America would be on point. There's a lot of down ass white people, right. you know, and and I, I hate where he, you know, in his thing, he's trying to make a white versus black. Oh, really? White people are this? White I I got plenty of white friends, right? You know, who are down. Don't are, have us will out the houses. Don't yeah, strike you down. Yeah, right. So I mean, you know, we got plenty of white friends, you know, but when you see things like this. With him talking, that's the infuriating. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, he's setting an agenda for everybody to get angry, you know. Right. And I, I think to Yolanda's point or the question, you know, now that he's got a whole network, he's not just a host anymore. He's got a network. He's got the Daily Wire. And right. What, what you know, he used to be meta editor in chief of Breitbart. I, I also feel in a weird way. With the stuff we've come to find out in the last couple of years about Meta slash Facebook right. and how those algorithms just drive every, you know, the more vitriol and the more juxtaposed you can make people, the better ratings you get, the more money you make. I feel like that's kind of getting built into his network. I mean, sadly, he has a, you know, he has a large following and all of that. He has like 2.3 million Yeah, and it's like, followers. it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know... Here's what I've come to in the last couple few years, which is all I can do is be the best me that I can be and try and be some kind of false force multiplier of that. Like mm -hmm. if I can have some kind of impact on some other individuals lives in a way that's positive and sheds light upon many of these issues hopefully they can too and then they can too and then they can too and i believe that that has impact you never know who's who's going to be the person that mm -hmm. you're going to impact their lives that's going to impact the world you just don't know right and that's i feel like that's my job mm -hmm. and that's the best thing i can do for myself personally and for the world and i can't concern myself with idiots mm -hmm. 
that's going to take away from the time where I could be having positive impact. Comfort to you, comfort to you. We ain't got nothing to do with where you are. Oh, where you been? Oh, where you going? One aspect of this podcast that I want always to be true is for it to be a platform for me to be brutally honest with myself to process in real time, so to speak, feelings I'm having about race, religion, politics, and pop culture. To have the courage to take a real hard look at myself, even if it's not particularly pretty. My hope is that in doing so, others will have the courage to do the same. And in the spirit of that directive, I can't help but ask myself, why Ron? Why are you letting this insipid review get to you? Why do you give a shit what Ben Shapiro thinks? I've been pondering this question for quite some time, doing some deep introspection. And I can't help but come to the conclusion is that I get fired up because in some small way, I kind of used to think like Ben. I won't get into the deep and sordid history of my political past. If you're really interested, you can read my book, which comes out in a little bit. But suffice to say, there was a time in my life when I had more of a conservative leaning. And I would have some of the similar mindsets about race relations that some conservative black people have today. I was never as flimpid or unsympathetic or callous as uh, Candace Owens or even Ben Shapiro. But there was one time in my life where I listened to Larry Elder and think to myself, I kind of agree with him. I know, I know, I know, I know. Like I said, read the book. Anyway, I think I get as riled up as I do about Ben because for a period of time, no matter how brief, I actually listened to his podcast. Albeit, it wasn't because I agree with his political ideology, but this time I was definitely more leaning to the left, as I said in that excerpt from my video, but I wanted to be the kind of person who had listened to arguments on both sides of the proverbial aisle, and like I said in that video, his was the only one who I could stomach. And I had convinced myself that I agreed with his passion for holding a set of values ostensibly formed by his faith in God. I could relate and respect that. And at times, I would see glimpses of him that suggest that maybe all of this hatred is just a show. And deep down, he's probably a nice guy, albeit a conservative one. During that brief period of time when I listened to his podcast, I would see these glimpses, and so I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And for me personally, it makes me feel a bit of shame now that I think back on it. Comfort to you, comfort to you, goes right through you and travels away. Why would it stay? It travels away from your love to your pain. Where it remains until you know that all you know is who you are. When we come back from the break, I'm going to share with you the revelation I had that may have a profound impact on this podcast, and I put a call out to a person you may least expect. Stay tuned. For so many years, I held certain beliefs and, dare I say, even bigotries that were formed by my belief in God. Seeing people like Ben remind me of myself. I think it affects me. Again, to be clear, I was never as hateful or unempathetic as people like Ben Shapiro. But still, nonetheless, 
I let that aspect of my belief direct so much of my life. And don't get me wrong, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Ironically, it's my evolved belief in my interpretation of Jesus's life that I believe does direct a lot of the fight for justice that I have now. So I don't necessarily have an issue with letting your faith direct you. But for me personally, I don't like the aspects of it that led me to make decisions in my life that today I'm not proud of. Like Ben, I used to wear my faith on my sleeve. For Ben Shapiro, it's his yarmulke. For me, it was admitting whenever and wherever I could that I was a Christian. Proudly on my social medias and my podcast. In some ways, I now wear the deconstruction of my Christian faith on my sleeve. So for better or worse, some part of me loves letting the world know publicly the coordinates of my epistemological beliefs as it relates to God. But if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know I have a penchant for oversharing anyway. I believe that's one of the charms of the show. The day I wrote the script for this episode, I was listening to the season three premiere of the HeadGum podcast, Dead Eyes. My name is Connor Ratliff. I'm an actor and comedian. 21 years ago, I was fired by Tom Hanks. The reason I was told at the time was that he had looked at my audition tape and he thought that I had dead eyes. In many ways, that show is similar to this. It largely follows the story of one person's quest. That person does most of the talking in a soliloquy-style script as he shares his thoughts and feelings with the audience. It incorporates cool music, and there are interstitial parts of the episodes where you hear excerpts from longer conversations Kiner has with his guests. Listening to that episode gave me the revelation not only about what direction to take this episode, but it gave me important insight about the show overall, that it's about me and my journey. Far away but long ago, You see, the book I wrote that inspired this podcast is very much about my journey. And for the most part, all the episodes leading up to now have very much been about my journey as a black man in this country reconnecting with my blackness. Whether it's the comical adventures of finding out if Hit 'em Up is truly a better diss track than No Vaseline, or trying to figure out if Crabs in a Barrel is really that common in the black community, pretty much every episode is in some way connected to this journey of mine. But for our last episode, I had my co-host Yolanda take the reins to do a special about Biden's nomination of Kentaji Jackson Brown as the first black woman nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court. Ironically, when I first brought up the idea, she was against it. She said, this is a show about your journey, Ron. How is this relevant? In fact, Yolanda frequently makes that comment whenever I propose a topic that seems disconnected with my journey. For saying that that would be her answer, I recounted for her how the lessons I learned interviewing women filmmakers for my last narrative podcast, Radio Film School, opened my eyes in a way they never had been before. Trouble for some. Hearing from so many women about their experiences in Hollywood made me more empathetic to gender issues and allowed me to see how I contributed to the hindrance of women in this business. Becoming a better ally to women was very much part of my journey to reevaluating my personal relationships with race, even my own race. Convinced of that direction, we did that episode. And I think it turned out great. But here's the thing. 
In the episode, I never made the connection of how my journey as an ally for women's issues contributed to my personal journey of confronting white supremacy ideology, or how recognizing my own privilege as a male gives me the ability to empathetically speak truth to power about white privilege. The way we created the episode, it was very much about Yolanda's journey as a woman. The feelings I shared earlier about how this trailer review of Ben Shapiro affected me came from a deep place. It reminded me that Yolanda is right. This show is about my journey. If I'm honest, I think a part of me has been afraid to truly embrace that truth. Not because I'm afraid of spilling the tea, as it were, about my life where appropriate, but because a part of me feels like it may be boring or that we'll run out of topics to discuss. So I feel like I need to come up with topics that may not necessarily have anything to do with my journey of self-discovery, racial identity, and crisis of faith. I feel like I need to come up with reasons to discuss the latest sci-fi movie or Marvel TV show. Or I need to contrive of ways I can pigeonhole some pop culture news item into our podcast playlist. Even if I don't regularly listen to Kanye or Beyonce. Don't hate me, please. This is a strange thing to admit, but I think Yolanda had a better vision for the direction of the show than I have. I think in every episode, I need to find the kernel or connection to my story, unapologetically. And if that gives us only one year's worth of episodes, so be it. But there have been enough drama and stories in my life where I think we can take it for a little bit longer than that. And let's be frank. As JD has pointed out many times, it's all the crazy shit about me that comes out during the making of these episodes that adds to the secret sauce. I'm not usually one for sharing a lot of memes on social media, but I came across one this past week that deeply resonated with me. The image was sort of a painting of a silhouette of a little boy and girl walking up a rainbow-colored spiral staircase. The caption reads, The path isn't a straight line. It's a spiral. You continually come back to things you thought you understood and see deeper truths. That's my life. A spiral. I feel like every decade of my life, I come to newer and deeper meanings. My hope for you, dear listener, is that you too continue to walk up that spiraling staircase of life. You may never reach the metaphorical top, but I assure you, the view along the way is worth the climb. And Mr. Ben Shapiro, if by happenstance you're listening to this episode, you have an open invitation to come talk to me and make your case. The Dungeons and Durags podcast is a production of Blade Runner Media and Bonnie and Clyde Productions and is part of the Ebony Covering Black America podcast network. This episode was written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Ron Dawson. Special thanks, as always, to my black BFFs and podcast peeps, JD and Yolanda Cochran. No relation to Johnny. JD creates and edits our social media audiograms.
Music used in this show is licensed from Artlist as well as Creative Commons songs from freemusicarchive.org. All the television, film, and YouTube clips are copyrighted to the respective parties and used under fair use. Check out the show notes for our statement of fair use. If you like the show, do all the podcasty things. Rate, review, share with your friends and family. Let us know what you think about the show. Shoot us an email to podcast at dungeonsanddurags.com. You can even leave a voicemail message on our website at dungeonsanddurags.com slash podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ron Dawson and on Instagram at Blurred Ronner. I write about race, religion, creative art, and business on Medium at rondawson.medium.com. You can follow JD on Twitter at that JD Cochran, and Yolanda is rat in a wheel with all those words separated by you guessed it underscores. That's it for now. Stay safe out there, and remember, having white privilege is not bad. Denying it is, and in the absence of biblical certainty, choose love. Till next time. Mm-hmm.